Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. We got the latest from the Combine, Kevin Durant's debut as a son, college hoops, upsets galore, and a whole lot more around the NFL as we welcome you in live from Circa Resort and Casino. I'm Stormy Bonantoni in for Michael Lombardi today, who is out on vacation. JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel in for the second day in a row, second of three straight days on the Lombardi Line. You're going to host the show as much as me now. Uh, that is right, and uh, I believe I'm going to be a uh, consistent presence on Wednesdays, it sounds yeah. Yes, very exciting. Get used to it. Get used to it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, We've got a great show ahead over the next couple of hours, though. Packed guest list as well. Will Hill, VEASAN contributor, is going to join us at 9.30 Pacific, 12.30 Eastern. Get some of his best bets, as will professional handicapper Mike Somich in Hour 2. And Eric Froton in Hour 2 as well, NFL draft analyst, where we'll discuss all things combine. Speaking of which, that's where we'll start as well today as former Georgia star defensive tackle Jalen Carter. The news came out yesterday. There was a warrant out for his arrest with reckless driving and racing, um, allegedly in conjunction with the deaths of a former teammate and former Georgia football staff recruiter back on January 15th. He was booked back in Athens last night, was in there for about 15 minutes before posted bail for $4,000 and is already back in Indy, according to a post by Adam Schefter earlier today, that he will be back out there at the Combine for interviews, measurements, and other activities per his sources. So back out there. And again, from our standpoint as a sports betting network, um, we're going to primarily focus here on what that means for Jalen Carter's draft stock. And that's not to say that, you know, loss of life isn't impactful for us. It certainly is larger than anything that we're going to talk about here, but for your guys's purposes, nuts and bolts of this thing, um, it'll be really interesting to see how this impacts the interview process, because it's not like the teams can like directly ask him about, this because it's still an ongoing investigation, right? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I don't think this is going to alter a whole bunch when it comes to Jalen Carter. There's going to be uh, a little bit of a bump in terms of, all right, do we decrease the odds for him to be the first defensive player pick? Yes. Uh, We've seen that or it's going to be taken off the board in terms of the odds to be the first overall pick. That'll be adjusted as well. But I, I think in the grand scheme of things, the way this sounds like this is going and by the time we get to the, the NFL draft itself, I, I would say at this point right now, I highly doubt that this is going to knock him out. I saw a lot of, he's going to be in the teens now. I highly doubt that this really changes anything from that perspective. I, I would say that like if you're somebody who has access to the market, your first overall mm-hmm. defensive player taken, I would still take a, a piece of that with Jalen Carter. It does sound like this is going to be something that has worked out by the time we get to the NFL draft. And he posted the statement that we read to you yesterday um, later on in the show where he was very very open about saying that a lot of the reports that have come out were not true and that his truth would be set forth and be corrected. Um, So again, these are misdemeanor charges. 
he is back in Indy and is going to go through the rest of the process here. I, I know it's defensive players that are supposed to be doing drills and everything. It, the the post from Schefter just said other activities, so I don't know if that means that includes the workout portion. I would imagine no, though. No, I mean, look, he'll probably have a pro day if he really wants to do yeah. this. He's also such a highly touted prospect that outside of the legal stuff, I'm sure he could go through an offseason mm-hmm. and get it ready for the draft and just give them measurables and probably be perfectly fine in terms of his status. Yeah, um, he was a minus 105 favorite prior to this information information coming out yesterday to be the first defensive player off of the board as far as the number one overall pick where he was considered a top five prospect that's dipped a little bit now down from six to one to 16 to one but again we will talk about that in more detail later on when we get fully into the NFL draft and combine discussion with Eric Froton but for now Kevin Durant yes okay so it's a one game sample size I know you didn't watch but why are you doing this to me? I didn't watch it live because say, I didn't have television access. I was going to say, well, you're, but you're proud of you. You watched the NBA But I watched the highlights, and I did watch the Celtics game afterwards, which, I mean, which was going on at the same time, but so I watched that. Really quickly, the beat on that. So the, I don't know if you oh, noticed yeah, at the end, half. a 13-4 to four run in the last minute and 25 <laughs> seconds for the Cavaliers to put them inside the number. That was, that was incredible. So this is that. like the first time I've ever been excited watching the NBA. No, I'm just kidding. But I said that as we're, we're sitting on the couch watching the game last night, and I go, no freaking way. They're not going to cover now. Yep. No freaking way because whoever that guy is with the hair that's styled just like mine right now just went off and hit two triples and couldn't be stopped Are in the last minute. talking about Darius Garland? <laughs> <laughs> I got your back. Yes. See? Great like, stuff. I like it. Great stuff. But his hair did look like mine. I, I think so, yes. I can't really remember. Styling I, and profiling. Yes. Back to Kevin Durant, though, shall we? Because um, on a night that he had a minutes restriction, the exact thing happened that you said would happen is that it would be restricted throughout the course of the mm-hmm. game, but then maybe in the fourth quarter he might get a little bit more usage, and that that is what ended up happening. So 27 minutes on the night, 23 points, 10 of 15 shooting, and I know that it's against the Hornets, mm-hmm. but like it looked like a very seamless transition for him to be plug and play there. Yeah, I think so. And, and there's so there's a couple of things that come from this, right? First of which is Kevin Durant's pretty good. I think that's pretty simple to say. Uh, on 20 in 27 minutes, 23 points on 10 of 15 shooting, but I, I think the important part here is what is something that we discussed yesterday, which was if you're talking about attacking this and yes, Durant did go over his player props, but you know who else went over some, we talked about Devin Booker yeah. assists. Devin Booker went over his assists yesterday. DeAndre Ayton yeah. points and rebounds, 31 and a half. He had 32. So like when you're talking about the way that you can attack this, the, the markets have not been able to see, and it's only one game against a bad team. They haven't really been able to see what this is going to be look like. And so while it's, it's funny, like, we come out of the trade deadline, and my thing was, let's look at every other team that didn't make a big acquisition. And then coming out of the Phoenix Suns game, it's, all right, let's look at everybody else besides Kevin Durant. Because I think one of the things, and I, we were talking about this, I got to be part of the NBA bet stream yesterday on League Pass. One of the topics we brought up was, look at what Devin Booker could potentially be now as we move mm-hmm. forward. Devin Booker yesterday, 37-6-7. and seven. Like, that's a really good stat line. Booker's going to be live for a lot more triple doubles. Booker is going to be live to go over these assist props now that Kevin Durant's in the fold. And that was only with Kevin Durant playing 27 minutes. This is going to be something, I think, a development to watch. Booker's player props, I think, are going to be something to be looking at. Because remember, too, yesterday, Stormy, that five and a half was over like plus 110 or plus 115. Mm-hmm. You were getting a plus price on that. So until you see some adjustments, Booker's going to be a guy to watch. And the 37 points, his biggest output since mid-December. Yep. So great showing for him in that whole group. How much overreaction are we going to see now? Because people already thought that adding Kevin Durant into the fold was going to make the Suns a contender. Hence why we saw their odds cut down so significantly from whatever 18 to 1 mm-hmm. to plus 450 is the second shot on the board to win it all. Now that has been like further cemented in their minds, right? In this one game sample size that, right. oh, look, it look, worked. I was Hornets. right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I, I'm sure one game, we always overreact to one game. I would very much argue against it. Don't, especially against a team like the Charlotte Hornets. How many games do you need? I mean, it, it depends on what, to what degree you want me to react. Like how many games will it take for me to go? This is a bona fide, like Western conference favorite. They should win it. I don't think I'll ever get there. It's not that I don't think they're going to be good. It's just, it's a short sample. size. like ultimately the sample size we get, even to the end of the season is going to be a small sample size. So there, look, at the end of the day, they're going to be good. That's all that really matters. I, I think the questions you're asking too, is there was one point last night where he was off the floor and that's when the Hornets kept getting back into that game. I think at one point they were plus 10 with Kevin Durant on the floor 
or no, plus 15 with Kevin Durant on the floor, minus five with him off the floor. So little things like that, what they're going to look like in the mm-hmm. non-Kevin Durant minutes as they kind of figure out their rotations. But look, they're going to be really good. They, I don't think there's any question about it. They deserve to be up there when it comes to winning the Western Conference. It's just to what degree, and that's why I keep coming back to the degree to which the market has them favored is still a little strong. Uh, Jalen Brunson also dropped 30 in the first half of the Knicks' win over the Nets. The Lakers got a win last night against OKC without LeBron or Anthony Davis on the court. Bucks win their 16th straight game yeah. to retain their half game lead over Boston in the East. And then we reference that Cavs Celtics game Celtics led by as many as 21, but that 13 to four run at the end makes them lose the cover in this game. So win, but no cover Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell both go in for over 40. And there was a moment there in the third quarter where I thought Tatum and the Celtics, it just looked like men against boys. And then Donovan Mitchell refused yep. to give up. And um, was outstanding. Mitchell's tremendous, and he works really well with his team. And, and they match up really well with Boston. So a, a series, if they get it, is going to be really interesting uh, when it comes to, like, you know, you can bet the plus or minus games in a series. Uh, the Cavaliers are going to be pretty live. But I want to go back to something you you brought up, which was very quietly the Knicks blowing out the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, and shout out to the fake Mitch Moss Twitter account uh, that, you know, is very active. General Mitchie yes. or whatever. Because <laughs> I know, and, yes. he, and I'm, I'm a big fan of social media uh, campaigns for awards account. bets that you have. So he's been very much in the camp, and I can see why. Uh, he's got a Jalen Brunson most improved player ticket. And Jalen Brunson has quietly, you know, he has, like, risen in terms of most improved player. And it's becoming a fascinating market because Shea Gilders-Alexander has dropped, and a guy like Lowry Markinen has really risen to the top and is a near $3 favorite to win this thing when it comes to most improved player. Uh, but a guy like Jalen Brunson is doing enough where he's going to make a push to make this a, a really live market in terms of it could be any one of three guys. And I don't think that Larry Markinen has this big of a gap. So Brunson last night, again, doing what he did, as you mentioned, it's going to be fascinating to watch the Knicks down the stretch because not only are they only two games back from mm-hmm. Cleveland now in terms of the race for that seat in the Eastern Conference, but also the fact that they have a legitimate award winner on their uh, yeah. on their roster that could actually usurp two guys who are at the top of the market all year long in Larry Markinen and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yeah, and fewer than 20 games to go now to cement all of that. Um, it's going to be an exciting finish here. Uh, some notable results as well in college basketball. Just when you think Kentucky's back, they get upset in Rupp Arena by Vandy. Yep. Uh, in fact, there were three ranked teams last night that fell outright to unranked teams. Ohio State beats um, gets the win there, and Notre Dame beats number 25 Pitt in Mike Bray's final game. So that was pretty cool that the Irish were able to get that one. TCU wins but can't cover the two and a half against Texas 75-73, the final there, even though they were in cover territory. I told you they can't yep. be trusted. Um, and then Alabama comes back from down 17 points to win um, by just five in overtime against Auburn as a nine and a half point home favorite. So another one of those teams that we talked about come tournament time. I'm not sure how confident I'm feeling. Yeah, I, and I think out of all of these, the one I had my eye on was the one we talked about near the end was Kentucky and Vandy. And, yeah. you know, the fact that the, the market Market, you know, you see this all the time, right? Market gets really hot and heavy for a team because they start winning off games and they start becoming the team that you expect them to. And did I expect them to lose outright Kentucky? No. Uh, but it was also a little bit of a look-ahead spot with a road game coming up against, um, I think it's Alabama, okay. or uh, Arkansas, excuse me, on Saturday, March 4th. So a little bit of a tough spot for them. Also, quick note, thanks, Producer Elliot, that Jalen Carter did plan prior to all of this coming out that he was going to skip the workouts at the Combine. It was always going to be his pro day. We're going to step aside, but continue talking Combine when we come back. And the BS meter, some of these GMs and coaches. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. 
Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my (laughs) (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Stormy Tony and JVT live at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. And with the combine happening this week in Indy, free agency and the draft right around the corner, there are a lot of GMs making statements and media rumor mill going everywhere. It's lying season, as they say. Mm. So we are going to take the temperature on the BS meter for some of these comments that are coming out of Indianapolis this week. And JVT, it's a day starting in Y, which means Aaron Rodgers is going to be mentioned at some point on the show. You mean a day just... ending in Y? What did I say? Starting. No! Oh. Man. Threw me off. I mean, maybe in another language. I don't know Man. the days. I don't know all of the days in other languages. I can tell you all them all in Spanish. Dang but it. None of them start with Y. Oh, yesterday. That's a good one. <laughs> what is today? But yesterday's tomorrow. Well, and for those of you who are new to me, I'm a hot mess. And now that's just stage one of you learning these things about me. Um, in an episode of the Aubrey Marcus part podcast this week, though, Aaron Rodgers, it's oh. his first time speaking publicly um, since he has come out of his darkness retreat. He said he found inner peace. He hasn't hinted at what his decision is going to be just yet, but that there is finality to it and that his decision will come soon. Packers general manager Brian Gutekunst said in Indy, there's been little to no conversation with 12, but did have a lot to say about his younger quarterback, Jordan Love. Is this a hypothetical, or is Jordan Love ready to be an NFL starting quarterback? Yeah, I think he's ready to play, and I think he's ready to be an NFL starting quarterback. Um, he's he's worked really hard. He's shown a lot of progression. Uh, I know he's really eager um, to have that, and I think that's the next step in his progression is, is to play. BS or no BS, Jordan Love needs to play. He's ready to be an NFL starter. Rodgers uh, is not. I'm going to say no BS. No BS. No, no bull crap here. I, I think that, look, it, it was an extremely small sample size. But crap doesn't start with us either. He, uh, that's a good point. <laughs> Um, no BC, no baloney. As a matter, I used to be able to play that card game when I was a kid. You couldn't play the other one. Um, no, 
Like, I think he's ready. If it was a small sample size, I thought he looked really nice in the Eagles game. Remember when he comes in a relief, he only drops back nine times, but uh, led them to a, a push on the number. So that's always good. But I, I think he's he's been sitting there. They invested a first-round pick in him. It's time to see what you have. So is he ready to be a, a starter in the NFL? Yeah. Does that mean he's going to be a good one? I don't know. But I don't think there's any BS in saying that he's ready to be a starting NFL quarterback. Also, I don't think that there'd be any point in like ruffling the feathers of Aaron Rodgers anymore if you were planning on him to actually be your quarterback coming back this year because Jordan Love has been like a point of like an issue for I guess. him since he was drafted. I'll say this. You might want to look at getting th- like thicker skin if a comment like that ruffles your feathers, right? Like it's a generic well, like, yes, I think he's ready to be a starting quarterback. So I'm just saying, haven't we come to expect that from Aaron Rodgers? No, I think you're right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is I, I, I would hope the time and the darkness would allow you to maybe be like, you know, I'm an NFL Hall of Famer. Maybe the young kid behind me deserves some sort of credit without yeah. me getting upset about it. Yeah, we'll see. I am somebody who like a week ago was still thinking that Aaron Rodgers could work out in Green Bay and stay there. And like, as every day has gone on, it's looking less and less likely to me. It feels like he's ready to move on. And the Packers are clearly given statements like this, ready to move on from him as well. Your Indianapolis Colts general manager, Chris Ballard had some comments on potentially trading the number one overall pick. Let's see if this is BS or no BS. Well, one, and I know this is coming up because I know all the speculation out there. One, to move up, you, there's got to be a guy worthy of it, okay? I know everybody in, the, in America is going to say, like, this is what's great right now. Everybody has just automatically stamped that you've got to move up to one to get it right. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't. And, of course, I meant trading for the number one overall mm-hmm. pick there. Um, they do have the fourth pick, though, so they would trade for. So, yeah, but I said one. Oh, yeah. BS or no BS? Uh, no, no, there's no BS. Hey, look, so this is why I like these. <laughs> no, this is why I like these, okay? Listen to what he actually says. He disagrees with the concept of you have to trade up to number one to get it right. It's not true. Right, we've seen a lot of number one overall picks uh, get you know have absolutely nothing in terms of their careers. But you're not saying no BS to him actually trading up to right. Yeah, no, no. Like if he were to come out and say we're not trading it, I would say that's BS. I think there's a very good shot that they're going to do it. But if we're talking about again, like this is why I like this, as Elliot called it, like lying season. What I call it is journalists desperately searching for a story season because it's like we have to parse through all of this to write about something. If you actually listen to what he says, what he's saying is I disagree with the concept that we have to move up to number one to be a, to have a successful draft. Like, yeah, I would. Agree. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yes. Can the Bears have a successful draft? Do they trade away from number one? I would say absolutely. So what he's literally saying, yes, I don't think it's BS. If you're telling me they're not going to trade up to number one, I would say that's BS. I think there's a pretty good shot that they do it. I mean, and Jim Mercy says that Alabama quarterback's looking pretty good. That's right. Well, Jim Mercy says a lot of stuff that maybe he doesn't really recollect. So wasn't it Ballard who, in that press conference, like looked at him super sideways when he said that? Very true. It was so. also Ballard who spent all off season trying to get him to not hire Jeff Saturday. So. Hey, and that's one success. That's one success. One win. Um, Nice gold chain for Ballard, by the way. I saw it. It looks good. Getting it going. Speaking of the number one overall pick, the team that holds it in the Chicago Bears, their general manager, Ryan Poles, on the podium on if Justin Fields will be their starting quarterback. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's safe to say from what you've said now and last time we met that you're planning on Justin being the quarterback. Uh, that's the plan right now, um, and like I said, we're going to do our homework on, on this class, and if something changes, and again, I'll just use the same statement, we got to be blown away uh, to say, you know what, I think this is best for our organization. And now I would have to imagine, too, that like, like the being blown away situation and maintaining that number one pick just feels like less and less likely as we go on. Like it feels like Justin Fields is there to stay in my mind. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you help yourself when you say that's the plan because that opens it up for like, Oh, maybe they are going to do it. Look, I would say at least to that, like, is that the plan to have Justin Fields? I would say that's no BS. Justin Fields needs to work on his game as a passer. I think that's true. I also think having a better offensive line and better skill positions will help him progress as a passer. And what he has shown in terms of his athleticism and the explosiveness, you're not giving that away at quarterback in today's national football. Can you imagine if Justin Fields goes somewhere else and then he just like blows up? Right. And well, and especially what if he takes the step as a passer like Jalen Hurts did? And he's a much better athlete, more explosive than Jalen Hurts. Like so, that'd be incredible. I've heard that argument so much. I'm just curious if like we believe it as much because I think Jalen Hurts is more of an exception to the rule than the rule. No? 
No, I think you can. Look, you I can think, improve certainly, but taking that big of a leap feels. I mean, look at Josh Allen. Like a stretch. Josh Allen was awful in his first two years as a passer. He was inaccurate. He was throwing the ball all over the place, committing a lot of turnover-worthy plays. Now the turnover-worthy plays are still there, but he as a passer has become so much more accurate. I I think today in the National Football League and just in football in general. These guys are so in tune with, and I'm talking about coaches now, right? In tune with mechanics and passing in the way that you fix certain things that I would not doubt any dude who can come in here with a really good athletic skill set to become a relatively decent passer. Like, I, I think that is something fixable. What's the level of concern with somebody who runs and plays the way that he does when it comes to injury? Oh, well, I, th- that is a concern. So now you start to take a page out of Lamar Jackson's book. Like, Lamar Jackson, he has gotten injured lately. But one of the things that he was so good at, especially in his MVP season, was he was never taking any damage. Mm-hmm. He was running, but he's good at getting out of bounds, good at getting down. I think that's something you're working on if you're Justin Fields, because we saw at the end of the year, right? I mean, it was the Philadelphia Eagles game where he took some big hits. Remember the Lions game at the end of the season where he got completely destroyed in that matchup as well, where you've got to be able to realize, like, okay, I'm I'm important. I have to be able to protect myself. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I, I think that's really a concern. Well, we'll dive into Lamar Jackson a little bit later when we play No Doubt or No Way. But one more quarterback to discuss here. New general manager for the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Carthen, had a few things to say about his QB1, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan is under contract. You know, I know you guys, I, I, I just want to speak freely for a moment. You know, I know everybody wants to make a big deal, you know, out of the quarterback position and whether he will or won't be here. But you guys just have to accept the fact that Ryan is under contract, you know, for us. And right now he's a Titan and he will be a Titan. Could save the Titans as much as $27 million if he wasn't a Titan anymore. So BS or no BS for Ryan Carthen's thoughts there. I'm, so this is tough because I'll say BS in the fact that if there's if there was an offer out there, I think he'd be gone, right? Like if there was a way to get rid of him, I think he'd be gone. So I'll say I'll say bullcrap. I'll say it. Okay. Yeah. So because this is lying season, is that almost could that be a strategy to say we he's under contract, we like him, we value him, I anybody guess. want him? I mean, but like, <laughs> so I've always thought this: like these guys all know the game. They don't need to tell us, like, the collective, like, I really like Ryan Tannehill. Like, everybody knows. If I'm calling them, I'll be like, dude, cut the crap. Like, okay, he, he didn't really play that well. You've got a young quarterback. What are we doing here? Do you want to ship him or not? Right? Like, those conversations are real when they're actually talking about this. I feel like they don't need to deliver a smoke bomb in the media. Do so, they like, need all of a sudden, to? Do the they Jets... need to? No, but do they constantly? But, I, I, but do they or do we just perceive them as smoke bombs because we're asking questions? Like, I feel like cause, they do. Like, we'll put it this way. Are the Jets, after they heard that going, Oh man, they like Ryan Tannehill. They want to keep him. Cross him off the list. Like no, like, like you know what I mean. Like that's not really happening. Uh, this has been a fun start to the show. I'm liking what's happening here. We have to take a timeout, but when we come back, Will Hill, Veasan contributor, is going to join us, give some of his best bets for the evening ahead. Don't go anywhere. More Lombardi Line on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see the changes in action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vsin's here to make you a more informed, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Alongside Jonathan Von Tobel, I'm Stormy Tony. We bring in to the Lombardi line now the one and only Will Hill, VEASAN contributor at not the Will Hill on Twitter, who went 3-1, and one, by the way, for his best bets earlier this week. But I hear, Will, that you and JVT have some beef a-brewing in the NBA already, just to, right off the top here. Well, I don't think it's beef. I mean, so it's like this, okay? There's times where my wife will ask me, like, hey, what do you want to eat? I'll eat whatever you want. And I'm like, okay, I want to go here. And she's like, I don't like that place. And I'm like, okay, well, then why did you ask me? So I get a text last night, and it was, hey, do you think Emmanuel Quickly is a good bet to make for six men of the year? And I responded, no. And what do we get today? I have bet Emmanuel Quickly to win six <laughs> men of the year. So why are you texting me? You know, uh, first of all, Stormy, JVT's mean enough to me on his own. I don't need you to start jumping in and, and bullying me with him. But And I it crossed my mind when they asked me for the picks. Should I send this in? I asked JVT. Like he said, he said no. If I, You know, it's kind of insulting here to insult the godfather of 
you know, VEASAN NBA coverage to, to throw that pick in there anyway. But look, a little peek behind the curtain. We got 10 minutes to fill. There's no NFL. I mean, we're going to sit here and talk about Pepperdine College basketball for 10 minutes. I don't think so. So <laughs> uh, we can get to quickly six man of the year. The, the number keeps crashing down. Yesterday when I texted you, it was 18 to one. We're down to 15 to one. Some shops still have 12 to one, 15 to one at DraftKings. Uh, it's the best number I see. I just think a few things. The New York narrative, sometimes when in doubt, it goes to these uh, New York guys in terms of the awards. You look at Thibodeau a couple years ago, coach of the year, yep. uh, Garrett Wilson, offensive rookie of the year, even Dable won coach of the year uh, this year in the NFL. Emmanuel quickly's played a lot of minutes. The Knicks are playing well. I think he's up to like 1,700 minutes this season, 28 minutes per game, uh, 13, 14 points per game. They've won, what, eight in a row? They got a chance to be the five, maybe even the four seed. I just look at this six-man-of-the-year class, and I have tickets on Powell from before the season. So, look, if, if I lose and Powell wins, I'll be happy. But I just think this six-man-of-the-year class is not like a, a blow-away, spectacular, standout class where, you know, this guy is a lock to win. I think it's sort of wide open. There's enough runway left. And I, I think this, too. I think there's a, a lot of recency bias when it comes to these awards where us as betters, us doing betting content – you know, we think about these awards year round. Sometimes these voters just, you know, they remember the last month, the last few weeks, and they just kind of turn their ballots in. So I think sometimes we spend more time thinking about it than the voters do. So, hey, 15 to 1, uh, I, I don't think it's a dead bet. I don't think he's necessarily going to win, but at 15 to 1, I do think it's worth a shot. So I think, Stormy, for me, and we were talking about this off the air before we came on, do I agree with the premise that Emmanuel quickly has a higher probability of winning this award than like a 7 to 1 would say? Yeah, I, I think that's really fair. I think the problem is awards are not games played on the field, right? So when it's a matchup of two teams on a field or a court, the probability of Team X winning that is a lot larger, and there's a chance that it actually plays out. Some of these voters or simpletons are just going to go, well, Norm Powell's been the guy most of the year. Mm -hmm. You have big voices, too, by the way, putting voice behind that. Uh, it was Stan Van Gundy the other day on the broadcast that said Norm Powell would be his vote to win Sixth Man of the Year. Zach Lowe, an influential voice, named that he said uh, Norm Powell probably the front man or, or the front runner for Sixth Man of the Year. And those things kind of sway things. So I, I think overall, I think the price is worth betting into all the points that Will said. But at the end of the day, it's an award and not a matchup on a field where an upset can actually happen, if that makes sense. And fortunately for the two of you, you already have a Powell ticket in pocket as well. So you're oh, let's go, you're, Powell. You're cruising let's go. as far as that goes. Um, well, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a good point because uh, you know, to me, this is just about fading Brogdon. I haven't yeah. understood that price. I haven't understood this market all year. I mean, there were times where Westbrook was like a minus one fifty. He got the two dollars. I told Doug yeah, Kazarian over at ESPN, I'll shave it's my crazy. head like Will Hill if Russell Westbrook <laughs> wins this award. Yeah, so that's what it's about. I just don't think the price is right. It appears for the NBA Coach of the Year, it's a two-horse race and as far as the odds market are concerned with Joe Mazzulla and Mike Brown. You placed a ticket on the Sacramento Kings head coach who has gotten his group to third in the Western Conference. What sold you on him? Just what you just said, third in the Western Conference. To me, this is a one-horse race. Mike Brown is going to win this award. The Kings, again, these awards are a lot about narrative. The Kings have not been to the playoffs in 16 years. They're sitting there at the three seed, the Sacramento Kings. I know a lot of people like them before the season, but uh, to me, just the narrative of you know them being such a bad franchise for so long, they're going to stay put, too. I actually think they're a good bet at plus money here. I think they're plus 150, plus 175, yep. some places to win that division. To me, there's not enough time left to catch them. The Kings is a three seed to me. That That's just the best story here. Brown's going to win the award. I don't buy Missoula. I know he took over a tough spot with, with Udoka leaving, but you know, Udoka took this team to game six of the NBA finals and he got a, a lot of credit for turning them around. And now you're going to plug Missoula in and Missoula gets all the credit. To me, that doesn't add up from a narrative standpoint. To me, that's just a really good basketball team. So I think Brown wins this award. I think he wins it really comfortably going away here. Uh, yeah, I don't disagree, by the way. Uh, the, the narrative behind that is uh, through and through, I think, the best one behind Brown. So I would not just shy away. And he's going to start to climb. He'll be like a $2 favorite if they I just agree. continue on this path uh, This path uh, by the time we keep going. All right, uh, college basketball, want to do this? Let's do it. All right, do you want me to save the good games for you? Uh, I'll save the good game for Stormy. <laughs> so let's start with Purdue and Wisconsin then because Detroit Mercy is a good one on the board. Purdue on the road, open four. We've seen this overnight total go up from 126.5 to 127.5. Will, where you got? Hey, the good ones are when you walk up to the counter and you hand them a ticket and they hand you money back. So those right. are the good ones to me. Uh, I like Purdue here. I just don't think Wisconsin has an answer for Edie. And Purdue's been a team I've almost been blindly fading really since the new year, since conference play started. I haven't been high on this team. But Edie in two matchups last year versus, versus Wisconsin absolutely dominated. He didn't even start, I don't think, in either game. He only played 20 minutes per game in each one. Uh, shot a combined 16 from 28 from the field. Grabbed 12 offensive rebounds. To me, he's way too much for Wisconsin to handle. 
Uh, so I'll lay it here with Purdue, a team I'm not fond of. I don't like their guard play. They always seem to gag it up in the NCAA tournament, but I'll actually uh, I'll pivot here and I'll lay the points with the Boilermakers. Maybe something that can help them get a little bit more on track because they go from a one-loss top-ranked team in the country to drop in four of six games and really seeming pretty vulnerable when it comes to the next level. Um, in the Pac-12, Arizona and USC coming up on ESPN. Arizona bet up, it seems, from one and a half to two and a half most places. What are you looking at here? I like USC here. I think they're a good matchup for Arizona. Uh, Arizona did beat them earlier in the year, but Arizona shot 12 of 24 from three. This is not a good three-point shooting team. That was an outlier performance. Uh, I, I think USC just has the bigs to keep them out of, you know, away from the rim, out of transition. Uh, the big guy, the freshman who's 7-1, uh, Awukacha, uh, I probably butchered that name, but he's a hell of a player. I think he, you know, really uh, helps you know, the Arizona bigs just stay away from the basket, which is all they want to do. They want a, a rim run. They want to run in transition. Uh, I think if you can keep them away from the, the basket out of the paint, uh, you got a good shot. So I think USC gets this done at home here. You're so contrarian, Will. Only 19, 20% of bets on USC. Look at you. All right. <laughs> he said, all right. Okay, yeah. I, I never know how to feel. I never know how I feel about the bet splits and all that. I just, you know, I just try to pick who I think is going to cover. So hey, and I think sometimes, you know. With that ringing endorsement, vison.com, you can check out all the uh, bets. <laughs> no, no, no. But I like, I mean, USC has been really, really good at home this year in Arizona. I, I wonder how they are after that loss to Arizona State. Yeah. Very curious. So, I like, yeah, I like the play. You ready to tee him up on Detroit Mercy? All right, let's go to the Beagley Center. Horizon, of course, tournament underway. And uh, this is a big one. Detroit comes into this stumbling butt, gets a win over Purdue, Fort Wayne. And now, as a nine-point underdog, they get to take on Youngstown State. What do the Penguins got here? How do they get a cover? Antoine Davis for Detroit Mercy needs 26 points to break the all-time NCAA scoring record. Uh, these teams played twice during the season. Both games were competitive. Uh, in, in the game in Youngstown, Detroit actually led by 10 at the half. The other game came right down to the wire. And Davis only shot 5 of 22 from 3. So if you get a better performance here from Davis, who's a hell of a player, 29 points per game, 42% from 3, I think this will be another competitive game. I actually sprinkled a little on Detroit, 18 to 1, to win this conference tournament. So it, uh, I know you'll be watching JVT, but I like Detroit here plus the 9. Uh, I will be, actually. This ESPN sounds like a fun plus. game. Huh? Get in there. Right. Yes, well, that and... Bad offense or good offense, bad defense. Detroit, this should be a fun game. So I can't wait to watch it. Uh, with these tournaments that are taking place on actual home courts, is there an increased edge for teams playing at home? Have you found it all? Yeah, there has to be. There has to be. But I, again, I think there's a situation where this guy can basically single-handedly keep him in the game with both games being competitive uh, in the regular season and Davis not playing well. I think that's a good sign for Detroit to to hang around. And we always see a lot of upsets in these conference tournaments. There's a lot of pressure on these one seeds, these higher seeds. When you play great for three, four months, and then it all comes down to one game, these single elimination tournaments, it's really not fair to the uh, the top seed, and it's, it puts a lot of pressure on them. To be fair, a Titan would slaughter a Penguin anyway. Yeah, I think so. Thanks, Will. You're awesome. Appreciate the time. All right. See you guys. Thanks for having me. Will Hill out, not the Will Hill on Twitter. Again, he went 3-1 with his best bets earlier this week on Tuesday. We'll see if he can keep it rolling today. I'm super curious about that Arizona-USC game. When they played earlier this year, Arizona won 81-66 in Tucson, and I feel like they would be upset about the way that their last game went. Yes. Maybe they feel like they need to get get right, get back, but it's hard to play in in, in L.A. in that, in that stadium. USC's been really good at home. And it's in a similar situation to what we saw for TCU, right? Or TCU in Texas, where Texas, you lose one, they got to go on the road. It's kind of a tough yeah. spot. How do you respond there? They stayed within two and a half. And look at that. It's a similar number as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, TCU did not get it done with the two and a half, mm. unfortunately. So maybe the other side is the right side. We shall see. We're going to step aside while we're at it. And when we come back, four games in the NBA, JVT is going to break each one of them down. Ooh. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are busted. Can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. You fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on vSEN, the sports betting network. Attention, BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign in to your BetMGM account, click the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state that you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes the deposit, you'll both get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Welcome back to VSIN, the sports betting network. Stormy Bonantoni and Jonathan Von Tobel. With you um, as we get into a four game NBA slate coming up tonight. Good to remind everybody that on beeson.com slash JVT or it's on the just the welcome homepage right now. Um, a full breakdown of all four games in written form for you, as well as your best bets. You do the hardwood handicappers podcast, all things NBA or NBA betting expert is in the house. Yes. And we have a, uh, a new um, episode coming out tomorrow. And would also note too, that uh, up on the website, Zachary Cohen, one of the, the new up on the website you'll see in terms of writing has started to include some NBA player prop articles as well. So if you like some of the player prop stuff, Zach's been doing a great job. You can check that up on the website at vcin.com and that's up there now too. So Yeah, and yesterday some of the props that you even brought up here on the program for the Suns Hornets game came through with uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Let's go to the first game of the TNT doubleheader coming up tonight. 76ers at the Dallas Mavericks. Mavs bet up to a four-point favorite now. Total 229. Um, this one from America Airlines Center. I know how much you love saying venue names. Right. 76ers on the uh, second half of this back-to-back, though, after beating the Heat last night, 119-96 without Joel Embiid At the on American the Airlines Center. Actually, love that. At, yes. Doing. No, you're right. Correct. Is it really? Okay. Uh, <laughs> but Joel Embiid, not on the floor last night. Is this number kind of telling us there's questions around that again tonight? Correct. So if we're using our three for home field or home court advantage, um, I will ask you, do you think the Mavericks are at a half point better or thereabouts than the Philadelphia 76ers with Joel Embiid? 
I would say no, right? Yeah, probably not. I think it's pretty safe to assume that. So it is safe to assume that the market is at least telling us that it thinks that Joel Embiid is not playing in this game. So we don't have any confirmation. Second leg of back-to-back, as you mentioned, so we're not going to get official injury reports until a little bit later in the day. But as I wrote about today, Stormy, I will tell you this. If Joel Embiid is playing, the Philadelphia 76ers are a bet. This should not be that number if Embiid's on the floor. This should be much closer to like 76ers minus one if Joel Embiid's going to be available as opposed to it. The Mavericks have real issues. Like We're talking about this from the standpoint of their defense, but that's the real thing. They are one and four straight up and against the spread in the games in which both Kyrie Irving and Luka mm-hmm. Doncic have played. That one win and cover over the San Antonio Spurs. So congratulations yeah. on doing everything uh, that everybody else has been doing so far this year. <laughs> They are eighth worst defense in the NBA so far. And with Doncic and Irving on the floor together, that's a defensive rating of 118.7. It is not very good. I brought it up yesterday, but it's worth reiterating. That second half against the Lakers, a defensive rating of 133.3. That is abysmal. This team has a lot of questions about how they're going to operate defensively. So even if Joel Embiid does not play here today, you are playing with fire in laying points with a team that can't hold leads because they play so poorly defensively. So I, I don't think I would want any part of the Mavericks in any way, shape, or form, even if it's not going to be a Joel Embiid available. And even look, the Pacers the other day, right? I brought this up. Uh, I can't remember which show we were on that I brought this up with, but you know the market bet up the Mavericks to like nearly nine-point favorites over the Indiana Pacers, and they lost that game outright. The market does seem to really support this version of Dallas, but the returns have not been there. And I think the market's kind of wrong and not really realizing how bad this defense is. Yeah, and you wrote a little bit about today that the Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving pairing has had mixed results so far, which is yep. completely accurate. Why do you think that they haven't gelled to the point that we all expected? Well, I think so. They, they have to an extent, right? Their offensive numbers are great. Their offensive rating with those two together are about 130 or so. It's a really good return on that end of the floor. I, I think the disjointed part we've seen, like, in late-game situations, it's been a little disjointed as to who's going to get the ball, the ball, right? Yeah. It, it's going to be the uh, – I'll take you back to the end of the uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves game, right, where they just play hot potato with the ball between the two of them because they don't know who's going to take it. They don't even get a shot off in that game. Uh, the end of the Los Angeles Lakers game where Luka Doncic has kind of this brain fart where he doesn't understand the rules. Kyrie Irving inbounds the ball into the backcourt, and he dives to save it and ends up turning it over because he thinks he can't touch the ball. So, like, these little things – Ultimately, they'll work them out, and I think offensively, they'll be fine, and they're in the midst of this home stretch, which really helps them work those issues out, but those issues defensively are not going anywhere. Josh Green's their best on-ball defender, and that's really all they have outside of Reggie Bullock to throw at guys. That's not something that's going to get fixed, and I, I, that would leave me some pause and trepidation in laying numbers with this team, even in situations like this where their opposition is going to miss their best player potentially. Okay, that game, a 7 Eastern tip-off. Then again on TNT at 10 Eastern, Clippers at Warriors um, in the Chase Center. Clippers have lost three straight on the money line and ATS since bringing Russell Westbrook into the fold. Favored against a Golden State team that's on a three-game win streak. Klay Thompson yeah. has been really good in Steph Curry's absence. What do you make of the number here? And uh, a, a massive game, right? Because this is the five and six seed in the NBA's Western yeah. Conference right now, and they are tied with the Warriors having an advantage in the loss column. So a win here would go a long way for the Lakers or the Clippers to kind of solidify their spot in the top six and avoid dealing with the play-in. Look, I, I wrote about this this morning. I agree with the market move. I am somebody who is high on the Los Angeles Clippers, but I'm also somebody who in these last three games, and one of them I actually bet, has been burned by the Los Angeles Clippers. And the weird thing is, is in the first two games after the All-Star break, their own three straight up and against the spread coming out of the break, um, they have performed very poorly defensively in the two games that they played before losing to the Timberwolves the other night. And then when they lose to the Timberwolves the other night, they turn the ball over 25 times. They don't have any offensive continuity. And they have, I think they average less than a point per possession and lose that game. So they've been inconsistent. And the other thing is, as I mentioned in this podcast, this last uh, most recent one, Ty Lue is messing with rotations and lineups at this point of the season when he should not be. You have a bunch of different lineup combinations that have given you extremely positive returns that will give you some of these victories if you stick with them. But he hasn't. We haven't gotten any indication that, that it's going to be Terrence Mann back in the starting lineup as opposed to Russell Westbrook. We haven't gotten any indication that Marcus Morris is not going to play as big of a role as he has been. And in fact, after the loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, Ty Lue said that maybe the role should be a little bit bigger in terms of his offense, which it should not be. So until we get some sort of clarity on what these rotations are going to be, what these lineups are going to look like, I have trouble going in and betting the Los Angeles Clippers preflop, even against the Golden State Warriors. I agree with the market move. Number told for me, number was just over four, but I just, from what we have seen in these last three games, 
I got to I got to stay away. Yeah, front end of a back-to-back important games tonight against the Warriors and then tomorrow against the Kings. Two games with the Warriors coming up this month. Uh Raptors one and a half point favorite at the Wizards tonight. Uh thought the Raptors might have a fi- fire sale over around the trade deadline. Yep. That did not happen. They instead get Jakob Pertl and are 3 and 1 since the deadline. Yeah, and they've been playing pretty good. I think that the problem with that is so they've been a little overvalued. Last 10 games for the Toronto Raptors, they are 8 and 2 straight up. Great. They've only covered four of those games. Uh, If you look at it from a net rating standpoint, over those 10 games, they have won eight of them, but they've only outscored their opponents by about 1.5 points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time. So again, they're winning games, but they're barely getting by. But then you look at those 10 games, Stormy, and you realize the games in which they closed as favorites, they were laying on average about six points. So the market's really high on this Toronto team, but they're barely getting by some of these opponents. So is this maybe a spot where you're getting a little bit of a buy low number here on the road against Washington, who's not going to have Monty Morris? It, it, It might be. And from a matchup standpoint, too, there's one category to watch here. The Washington Wizards come into this game 17th in turnover rate on offense. They turn the ball over on 14.4% of their offensive possessions. The Raptors lead the league not only in defensive turnover rate, but also lead the league in points added per 100 possessions in transition offense off of turnovers. So in other words, they'll turn the ball over like crazy defensively and get out and run and get scoring opportunities off of it. So given everything we know, low number here against a Wizards team that's going to be down a starter and a Wizards team that turns the ball over at a really high rate, it seems like it's a pretty good matchup for Toronto on the surface. The Pacers, five, five-and-a-half-point favorite at the Spurs. Spurs snapped a 16-game losing streak, um, beat the Utah Jazz on Tuesday, 102-94. Parlays were just burned around the world on that one. Um, But for as bad as they've been straight up, truly nearly as bad against the number as well, do we get back to, like, the team we love to fade, are we back on that in this case? I mean, the market says yes, right? Because it opened overnight four. We're up to five-and-a-half. But here's the thing for me. We don't know if Tyrese Halliburton is going to play. And so if Tyrese Halliburton is not going to play, it does seem the indication would be that he is going to, and the market is moving like he is going to. But this is a different Indiana team without him on the floor. Uh, 109 offensive rating that ranks in the 13th percentile of lineups uh, without him on the floor. It's really bad. And, and I always say this, and you mentioned it, a lot of betters learned a lesson. It's not just automatic go ahead and you know play against San Antonio Spurs. It, it's not something that really works out. Or even, you know, we... The Grizzlies flirted with it last night when they were tooth and nail with the Houston Rockets for a while before they ended up pulling away. So I wouldn't just be rushing to go ahead and bet against San Antonio, or, yeah, against San Antonio, especially if Halliburton's not going to play. If Halliburton's going to play, then like that four and a half, five, those are playable numbers for me, but you just want to confirm whether or not he's going to be out there for Indiana. Remember at the beginning of the season, we were all talking about the Spurs and they were winning a handful of games. Of you're like, hey, you're tanking wrong. Yep. Maybe is this team actually going to be good? No. No, that's uh, every. I was asked that a lot. Like, wait, are the Spurs better than? No, no, they're not. Nope. And they're going to do what they need to do here coming up, and they did. Okay, uh, hour two of the Lombardi line coming at you after a quick break. Time for no way or no doubt. Looking no doubt. at a number of the big NFL and NBA headlines when we come back. Don't go anywhere. More Lombardi line on Visa and the Sports Betting Network ahead. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline 